This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha my kako, welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with that question. I'm Ron Mizutani, and today we're talking about our vibrant local food scene, and with someone who knows a ton about that. I'm pleased to welcome to the program today, Mari Taketa, who runs Frolic Hawaii, Honolulu Magazine's digital food blog. Mari, welcome to the program, and thanks for, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me to no, talk about good. my favorite subject. I bet. Well, can you tell? It's one of mine, too. <laughs> Before we get started, I got to ask, what school you went? I'll just say McKinley. I was going to say, what do you think? Good one. Because but nobody says McKinley. McKinley. The McKinley Tigers. I don't want to get into a controversy here. Yeah. But, yeah. It, it is it's still one of the hot topics about how people are saying, I'll, it'll always be McKinley High School. There's an effort to change that because of history. I don't want to put you on a spot, but you are a tiger for life. I am, and I have an opinion on that. And being in the media, I won't say what it is mm-hmm. right here. Understood. I respect that. Yeah, I understand. I, in fact, I, I talked to some folks who in the 50s and 60s graduate classes, and they are adamant that, it, that, that it'll always be, respectfully, McKinley High School. But uh, Another another Ooh, podcast. Yes, another podcast. Let's talk about Hawaii's food scene. Um, I want to start with the word foodie, because I really don't understand. Because when we were chatting before we started, you thought I was a foodie, and I don't even know what a foodie is. Maybe define the word foodie. And when when did that start? Foodie is when food is more than just something you eat. It's a part of your life. It's a pursuit. The pursuit for what is open ended. But it means that you have more than a passing interest and you seek out what you like and you seek out maybe knowledge about that, whether it's the new places, the best places or something along. When you travel, foodie is a component of your travel. You're not just, you know, wherever you end up, whatever you eat. You know, that would kill a foodie. And that makes sense. So not necessarily somebody who goes out and reports on it or blogs about it, but just anybody who has... Yeah. That passion to take it to a next That's level right. That's can be right. defined as a foodie. Yeah. Whatever that next level is. Okay. So when you have somebody who's an influencer, who is also a, quote, foodie, I'm going to use my friend Kelly Simic because she posts all the time about food that she's consuming. It's amazing she doesn't gain weight. But that, that becomes next level stuff. Yeah, that is in a different direction. In, Instagrammer, influencer is what you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, that is a whole new genre of um, the digital culture and the media world. But uh, definitely some people do make their names as foodie influencers in Hawaii. Yeah, they're different uh, groups that do that. Kelly's, Kelly's a fun, long-time uh, local food enthusiast who has become part of that scene. Interesting. So now here's Frolic, uh, where you, you have a, a group of it, professionals that blog or, or, or out in the Hawaii's food scene and what a, what a, what a great job. Uh, but these are also, they volunteer the time or, or they actually have other jobs. How does that work with Frolic? Yeah, that's a good question. So people don't really know because we're a daily website that's been around since 
our roots date to 2008. We're like ancient in the digital world, but we're actually 1.5 employees and everybody else is a freelancer. So that core team of freelancers is driven by passion, not professional journalists or professional foodies. The, the core editorial team, we are professional journalists. So we're grounded in journalism and we work with people who have a passion for food, different kinds of food, different reasons, all different tastes, different quirks. And we help develop their ideas into website posts, social media posts, um, reels, TikToks even. We help develop their skills. And so there's a core that's been with us for a long time. But yeah, we're grounded in journalism. So back, back in early 2000 or mid-2000 is when you started. What, what, was, it was Metro. That's right. Metro Mix first. And then something about, gosh, because I remember, you know, obviously when I was at when we had nonstop, which is what a lot of people remember especially and then frolic yeah. what is what is what is frolic mean yeah so you did your homework yeah so, yeah I, yeah I, well, maybe i'm a foodie maybe i am a foodie i don't know you're a journalist i'm a journalist thank you <laughs> a journal foodie um so when we started um the food scene in hawaii was just beginning to take shape farmers markets were pretty new back then and this new generation of chefs that um, are at the forefront of the scene now was just slowly beginning to emerge toward the end of the 2000s, the first decade. So when Metromix came on the scene, we were everything. And what drove us most were events and party picks and things like that. So when we morphed, when the advertiser closed, we were part of the advertiser, we resurrected independently as nonstop. We were still everything, movies, events, fashion, food, music, pop culture, you name it. And then as we continued to grow, the food scene continued to grow. One part of that mix began to stand out and yeah. readers were just, just responding to that. That's when we shifted to food and that was as frolic. But so that's why we're known as frolic because our identity did not start as food. Now we have um, a new direction for our our look, I would say, because the brand Frolic is the same. We used to say Frolic where food is fun. Now it's Frolic, eat, drink, explore. Right. To explain our identity a little bit more. And the food scene has grown up too, is still growing. And Frolic is still growing with it. So that's the, that's why we're called Frolic. I think we're going to stay Frolic for a while. You know, when you travel, I imagine uh, you experience the food scenes in different cities and, and some of them are really elevated and, and very mature, as, as one would say. Where does Honolulu, where does Kauai, Lihui, I mean, Kailua Kona, Kapa'a is, is a huge food scene now with, with the trucks everywhere. Where does Hawaii measure or line up in that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's so nice to see it's not just Oahu centric, yep. but the food scene is evolving everywhere in Hawaii. How does Hawaii measure up that? Oh, that's a complicated question. I think I realized where it stands. Um, you know, I, I grew up here, went to school on the mainland and worked in uh, uh, Tokyo and uh, Ho Chi Minh City. And the food scene, they're, they're distinct. You know what it is now. But it was when I traveled to South Africa where there's a whole mixing pot of cultures that I wasn't really versed in. So it's not just um, African people. It's uh, Dutch Afrikaners and uh, the descendants of Dutch Afrikaners and British people descendants of Malay slaves, descendants of uh, Indians. You know, it's an ancient mix, but the food scene there was very delineated. It was Malaysian, 
or Indian or Dutch African or, you know, it wasn't a melting pot like mm-hmm. people were. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Singapore. There's an Indian food scene, a Chinese food scene, a Malaysian food scene. So I realized that Hawaii, where you put everything from every culture on one plate and people grow up with that, was pretty unique. Then I started seeing it in other parts of the country, but it's not a generation's old trend the way we see it. So mm. starting with that identity, and Hawaii's food culture, remember we were talking about growing since the early 2000s, growing as a food destination on the world map puts that aspect on the world map, I think, as our birthright and not as something that we've just come into to be a disruptor, to be different um, in a city food scene. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Fascinating, uh, because I can see that while we may be new to the food scene, we certainly are not new to diversity when it comes to food, right? I mean, whether it's Okazuya or our plate lunch uh, stands, our food trucks have evolved. I mean, when I was surfing in the 70s and 80s, we used to go down to uh, Kiwala Basin, and there were maybe a couple of food trucks. And we all had our, you know, our favorite mixed plate, whatever, hot dog on top, you know, hamburger steak. Oh, I'm getting hungry thinking about it. But that was a long time ago. I, I didn't even know there were food trucks down there. So they were doing plate lunch and hot dogs? Yeah, oh, all, all kind. You know, we'd go surfing at Keola Basin. They had one or two trucks. This is long before f- food trucks even became, you know, yeah. what they are now. Yeah. And yeah, that's where we, the surfers used to go eat. Alabama Bowls had a, had one guy there. Yeah. And he was served chili or, or um, gosh, I'm getting, I'm getting hungry thinking about it. But that was my exposure to food. But it was also different cultures inside, like, like Okazuya. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So the other thing that I think we bring is that bedrock that you're talking about, bedrock meaning uh, the local food scene, which is plate lunch, Okazuya, Hawaiian food, things that don't change for decades and generations, and we like that it doesn't change like that, is bedrock for an emerging food scene that's evolving with new things, new influences from outside that keep getting added to the mix. So it's an expanding eclectic food scene. I think that might be a little bit different too because of the birthright about the local food scene, you know, mm-hmm. that we really love and we, we nurture it, we protect it. But we also love to share about it, right? I mean, there's like uh, breaking news, breaking food news, right? Whether, whether it's a new restaurant or a new truck uh, that's emerged it's such an exciting. So, how does one become a contributor, or do you actually assign uh, your independent bloggers, or they just come up with their ideas? Oh, it's a mix. It's yeah. a mix. So sometimes um, ideas come in, and I know someone who's perfect because they love smash burgers, or they know everything about sushi, something like that. So I might approach somebody on the team because everybody has a real job, you know, a real job, and they do pat- <laughs> frolic for their passion and their free time. Um, that happens a lot of times. Most of the time, I think people pitch me, either Melissa. editorial team, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or the team, and that's that's one problem I have a hard time. People pitch and then they want to do it, right? And they're overloaded. They want to do this, this, and this, and this, and they have like seven things on their plate, uh, which is really good. It's a good problem. Other times, um, just um, people will say, "I want to write for Frolic," and and come in that way. And uh, there's someone here at uh, PBS, mm-hmm. someone named Jesse. Who wrote mm-hmm. one of our best pieces of last year's uh, food crawl of Wahiwa, his hometown. Mm-hmm. Very, very popular. So all kinds of contributors. As long as you love food, you can communicate that love for food in some form, whether it's video, 
photographs or written, um, and you have some level of knowledge. You don't need to be an expert, but you know everything about food in Wahiwa, for example. Mm -hmm. Contribute. We're always looking. We're talking Jesse Makadangdang, who's on the audio today. Uh, Lele Hua graduate. Jesse is, by the way, that piece that he did right, that item was fantastic. Yeah. And I told him that was one of the best things I've read in a long time. Um, you know, his crawl of, you know, all the stops in, from Shige's all yeah. the way to Well, written with everything. love yeah. for the places and intimate knowledge for um, not just the food, mm -hmm. but sometimes the families behind the place or the way his life story was wrapped up in a certain place. That's the kind of stuff we like because we, we do come out with what's new, what's hot. People are excited about that latest ramen, latest wagyu, whatever. But what anchors us... The connection. Yeah. 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 The, the, the personal the feeling touch. behind the food. So yeah. it could be the simplest food, but it's also the most meaningful. And we know that. We know that. So we do get pitches from outside Hawaii too. People who see us and want to, but we need that kind of connection to, to communicate with our readers because we're driven by passion. That's how we connect. It's not really a superficial thing. So you come from uh, the journalism world, as do I, and things have evolved, as we oh. both know. Uh, and it's evolving very quickly. Like quicksand. And, and so if you don't get up to speed and evolve with, you're going to sink yeah. in that quicksand. I imagine for your world, it's ever-evolving as well. Digital is here, not just written anymore, but you've got to be uh, in that space as well. How has that changed the foodie scene? And I miss, it must have made it even more exciting, more urgent, more immediate. Yeah, it, it has. The, um, you know, I do come from print background, from wire service and um, magazine and newspaper. And now we're completely digital. Frolic is completely digital. So um, I've been referred to as, as bilingual. I see the changes happening. Print is turning more to digital, and this is a space where Frolic inhabits, very comfortable in that. So as uh, a digital survivor, like I said, we are from 2008, we morph all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just from um, Metro Mix to nonstop to Frolic. We're trying different things all the time, different approaches, because if we do the same thing the same way all the time, that's the kiss of death mm -hmm. for digital. You could do that a long time ago for newspaper, mm -hmm. for magazine. You know, my world was print. But in digital, it's like throwing that spaghetti noodle against the, the refrigerator and seeing if it sticks. And if it sticks, keep going. Yeah. People are responding. If it falls off, try something else. And we do that all the time. Yeah, you have to be a multi multimedia in the truest sense. Yeah. And, and we're experiencing that here with, at PBS Hawaii. Not just PBS Hawaii, actually, PBS National understands that oh. digital is, is, is not only here to stay, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to evolve continuously, and you need to be a part of that. And you, need, you need to meet folks in their space. And uh, this is one of the reasons why we started a podcast, but uh, I'd imagine uh, for the foodie scene, it's, it's changed the way we, you report um, because everybody's consuming it at their own time. Um, but some people want that urgency. I want to be that first in line at the new, new place. How, how do you keep pace? I mean, really, especially in the foodie scene, how do you keep pace and know what's relevant and what people want? So we um, have a pretty big team for being 1.5 employees. They're constantly... That 0.5 employees, I want to I know more about that personnel. No. 
<laughs> that 0.5 person must do a lot of work though, right? The 0.5 person yeah. is me. So, <laughs> but I really like it. I like the, the freedom. So the big team, um, everybody has their interest and they're on top of their beats. Everybody kind of has their beat. We don't call it that. So that's, that's the source of their, their pitching. So when we uh, find out something new that is happening, what has been really good for us is to break that news. And mm -hmm. we can do it because of the journalism base. So something that we find really exciting shifts the needle a little bit. If Liliha Bakery is expanding for the first time ever, right? You know, we're going to send out a we call it a food flash. So the team, whoever's there reporting, sends in the reporting. Whoever you know, photographs, whatever. And I'm at the computer, can put it together and put it up within 20, 30 minutes. And um, Sorry to say, Ron, but we, we do beat the evening news because the evening news is the evening news. Yes, it we is. We do beat the daily paper. Yes, you do. Um, and there is an appetite. Social media world lets people pick up what we put up because it's not just on the website. We broadcast it on our social media platforms, too. It's immediately picked up. Mm -hmm. um, it resonates, and we break the news that way. We did that also with, um, this was not a food flash, but it was just a revelation that a whole block of Keomoku Street was going to disappear mm -hmm. and that whole block might have been a little bit disreputable or sketchy to some but it was so beloved certain areas yeah. to other people yeah. it's where i used to work at hawaii business magazine when mm -hmm. that was there so all these uh, eateries restaurants disappearing in one fell swoop that really alerted people to date that has been our most viewed post for the right? entire and that was from january was it driven but, by like like driving or was it driven by a whole bunch of other eateries that, that found the end of their era, the iconic yeah. areas. The whole block, actually, yeah. it's the Kamoku um, fronting half of that whole block mm -hmm. between Rycroft and Leona Street uh, was bought for redevelopment right. into a twin condo, um, twin tower condo project. So Like Like was, yeah, on the next block. Yeah. That predated, that closed pre-pandemic for family right. reasons. Yeah. And actually became the refuge for Yogurt Story from that block to mm -hmm. there. But the sad thing that I'm noticing is um, this year we've run three stories like the Kiyomoku piece mm -hmm. where a whole bunch of restaurants that aren't really trendy um, have been displaced for a redevelopment. Second one was Ohanahale Marketplace, mm -hmm. which was a good incubator that launched a lot of um, solid businesses. And the third was Moanalua 99. So you're, I mean, think about that, Mari. You, you're not just talking about food scenes you're talking about changes in our environment our, our our communities yeah you know i mean i mean just looking back at what what jesse wrote about wahiwa i mean dots is no longer with yeah. us uh there's so many iconic brands out there that have have since said aloha as well that's part of your identity too um it's not just the excitement of new and food and hey here's, here's the latest ramen chop uh, this is also the realities of of you know, people getting yeah. people getting out of the business because you know families are are getting older. The, the younger ones are not interested or willing to grab the reins. So th there's some news in journalism in that too, obviously. Well, there is. Yeah. Um, those are some of our our most popular posts. Mm -hmm. So what does well for us would be not just what's new, and we hear that all the time. I look up probably to see where to go next. You know, what just came on the scene. It's also the news, and then it's. Um, People like roundups. Where are the best bakeries? You know, right. where's the best oxtail soup? So again, this is August 
And today we have a post up asking people, what is your favorite dim sum? Right. Place for dim sum. We're going to publish the results next week. It's going to be where readers pick as their favorite dim sum. Where's your favorite dim sum? Oh, I voted, but I can't see. Did you vote? Oh, I love dim sum. I, that's one of my favorites. You should vote. You should vote. It's neck and neck. Yeah. I don't even want to, I don't even want to put my, my vote in public because I, 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 I visit many. <laughs> and 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 um, you How know, you think they about would hurt, that? Yeah. hurt their feelings. You know, when I was uh, when I was a reporter, and I I tell you what, this is way back when Facebook first started. Myself, Joe Moore, Kirk Matthews, and and the Howard Dostoevsky actually too were the last four to to get a Facebook page, which was mandated by management mm -hmm. because we were just not. That's ah, social media. It's it's just a fad. It's a trend. Turns out it obviously was not, but. Once I started to get into it because I was mandated to do so, I would just throw things out there like, what's your favorite hamburger steak place? And boom, it would explode, right? It's like, wow. You know, or you know, one of the questions I asked was, what's the first thing you eat on your zip pack? And I'll let you know the, the top five answers tomorrow. And the thing just explodes. People in Hawaii love that kind of roundups, um, survey type things. And it's still very much relevant today. It is, it is. So today our reader poll is dim sum, but also uh, top spots this year for us have been favorite oxtail soup and favorite manapua. It's like people not only want to know, they want to know what other people think right. because they have their favorite. Everybody's very passionate about stuff like that. And I'm going to put hamburger steak on the list because I didn't realize that. Oof. Some people, are you... A fan of hamburger steak? Oh my gosh. You can tell me where the best. I was a connoisseur of hamburger steak oh. back in the day. Yeah. There was a place in Kailua that used to serve one pound um, hamburger steaks. Really, you in the windward side, I forget what it was called already, but, and, and you would go in there, if, if you could finish it, they would give you like this star. Um, and it <laughs> pounded that. The mac salad was just there for looks, but I ate that too. <laughs> um, yeah, hamburger steak is really popular. Uh, Manapua, with Libby's gone, I, I wouldn't know what to say. I mean, yeah. we all have our favorite spot. Yeah. What is the other one you just said? Manapua? Oxtail soup. Oxtail. Campbell. 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 Rest in peace. <laughs> that was a, a must-do, too. You know, we could talk foodies all day long. And, you know, uh, I, I really appreciate what you guys do because I think it's, it's, it's not only exciting, new, great work, but it's also forcing media to... To, to evolve. I really do believe Frolic is doing that. Um, that's, that's a tremendous responsibility too. I can't, I can't imagine keeping pace like you folks are doing. Oh, thanks, Ron. It's really nice to, um, you know, I guess I haven't had this discussion much with other journalists, just with readers. So it's really um, eye-opening for, for me to hear that from you because it's what we do every day. But that makes it um, even more worth, worth, worthwhile to hear. A lot of it came into focus with the pandemic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because everything shut down. Remember that? Yes. For two weeks, everybody thought, oh, okay, we can do it for two weeks. And then it wasn't just two weeks. It was no reopening of dining rooms and takeout only. And people didn't know what was open because you couldn't really leave your house, right, unless you were going to get food or whatever. So we, we feel that we realize that the old model of journalism where you're distant and objective wasn't going to hold. It wasn't holding already. But with the pandemic, two groups needed help. One was eateries. Mm -hmm. The other was eaters. And nobody knew how to connect. 
because eateries had Instagram, but they could have 500 followers. And eaters, you know, so we started just publishing. Where do you get dim sum? Who is still serving sushi, whatever? And those were like how to farmer's market, how to curbside, pick, all that kind of stuff. So we were in the middle, yeah. you know, not totally one or the other. Normally, we try to stand in the reader's shoes, but we realized that industry had um, a need to. Yeah, you served And it the served role. their reader's yeah, yeah. interest to, to help with that. So the other thing where we realized we couldn't just stand back and be objective like a traditional journalist because of what's happening, not just on the food scene, but Hawaii overall, where the local food scene, the part that is locally owned, mm -hmm. not just you know, serves local food, but locally owned, is small. So the, the people that we're rooting for, for example, supermarkets, who's left? Right? Big boys. Yeah. yeah. So before we had little like mom and pops, we had maybe small chain star market, mm -hmm. even times. Now we root for Foodland mm -hmm. because Foodland is the last large locally owned. Um, so on the, the restaurant scene where things are much tinier, the winds of change have just been blowing over smaller entities. We stand up for local whenever we can. We, we look at larger entities that come in when the hype uh, deserves it, you know, and then we, we give our true opinion. But we stand for local. We stand for the local food that we love. And when, if we find something that maybe just started out isn't that great yet, we'll just pull back. We won't write about it. There's a lot of stuff that we don't write about to give it a chance. Yeah. Because the, the odds are stacked against them anyway. So that's the other important part of having roots, of protecting what, has nourished us, mm -hmm. the local food mm -hmm. scene, the unchanging part, as well as the, the new stuff that's coming in and involving us, which is really exciting for foodies, I have to say. It is, but you know what I think, would, would, and I'm going to wrap this up very shortly because I'm getting super hungry. Um, I think what keeps you relevant, credible, is the journalism background because this could easily implode or, or explode into a promotion, marketing, right? Who has the best marketing director to get in your ear? Otherwise, it becomes a commercial, and that's not what this is about. This is about, you know, good journalism. Granted, it's it's more opinion driven by passion, but driven by passion. Yeah, and which is what we we should be all about. Yeah, yeah. You know, you guys are doing a great job, Amari. And and again, uh, thank you. Continued success to you and your team. Um, thank you. Thank you for the service you guys provide. Mahalo Nui for joining us, folks. Join us next time for another episode of What School You Went. Until next time, Mahalo. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.